0: Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound
1: luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Rod, the Internet's coworker, and I'm very excited for you to listen to my podcast, Millennial Made. Listen to me and my guests on your commute to work before you have to interact with your 23-year-old coworker or 16-year-old nephew as I translate the millennial experience, discuss Internet culture, recap current events, and throw us back to our MySpace era with some nostalgia. Catch me right here on Dear Media or also on YouTube to watch as well. Krishna and I'm an Indian entrepreneur and TV personality with big dick energy. I recently left my successful career and my long-term relationship to pursue my own fashion business. I'm single in my mid-30s and I live with my parents. I'm currently cringing and I know you are too. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. Today my guest is Demi Burnett. Demi, you are so beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, so Someone like you, I would assume, would not need to be on The Bachelor. Why did you join The Bachelor? You were on The Bachelor season 23, and then you were also in Bachelor in Paradise season six and seven. What makes a girl like you from Texas decide to go on reality TV?
1: It's a lot better than whatever else I was doing. (laughs) I mean, as simple as that, it sounded like a fun time, sounded like an opportunity and I did not want to miss out.
0: Because you were 23, because a lot of people go on these shows to find love. But at 23, I guess you're just having a good time and looking to experience things. Is that?
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of the time, like everyone goes on it to some extent to be on television because you wouldn't go on it if you didn't want to be on television. It's a very watched show and you risk your entire reputation to go on it. So like you have to want to be on TV to go. I definitely think that I like wasn't in a position of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go fall in love with someone. It was more of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go see what this whole other world is about. Like, I know nothing about the industry. I know nothing about TV and all of that. I have no way in of ever being in the industry. Like, you know, you have to have a foot in the door. And I always wanted to be in the industry. I always said, oh, I'm going to be on TV one day. You guys just wait. I don't know how, but it'll happen. And so The Bachelor was the perfect opportunity. It was like, ah. Oh, Jimmy, you asked and the universe is giving you your opportunity.
0: Absolutely. We believe in LOA here, the law of attraction and manifesting. So I feel like ask, believe, receive. You wanted to be on TV and then it happened. And I read so much about you and I'm there's so much to unpack here. So now you're 27. What's really funny and adorable is I'm actually 11 years older than you. And it's special because I looked up your birthday My brother is February 27th, 1995. So, my younger brother is 11 years younger than me, and so are you.
1: Wow. And we're so close. Like, February, like that time of year, anyone who's near my birthday, I automatically am like, you're close to me.
0: Yeah. No, super.
1: Even near.
0: I would say very thoughtful, kind, caring people. And I, I guess I took a liking just from reading about you because of that. You know, I feel like there's a small connection there. But, Okay. So now you have, congratulations, your new podcast, Demi Goddess, where you bring on neurodivergent reality stars. Now, I know what that is. A lot of people listening may not know what that is. Please explain.
1: Okay. So I bring on people with like any kind of neurotype, but neurodivergent means that your neurotype, the way, the blueprint of your brain, the way you perceive life, It's different than other people's way. Everyone has a different neurotype. So neurodivergent, that refers to people who have a neurotype that is different than the typical neurotype. So anything that is not the typical way of being in our society, that's neurodivergent. And neurodivergent people, it's a very complicated whole phenomenon that we are just now starting to dive into and understand how much trauma is packed in behind being not, uh, neurodivergent in a neurotypical world. So be nice to people, man. It's <laughs> everyone is in Philly, you have no idea how people are struggling because it's not external. It's so much invisible struggle because the whole time you're neurodivergent, you're trying to make sure nobody else can find out because you, you risk being rejected. So it's very complicated, but the more awareness is that is out there, the more acceptance, the more accommodating, it's becoming a beautiful place to be.
0: Yes, I really wanted you to explain that. And you have said you have autism. How were you diagnosed? When were you diagnosed? How did you know? And that's where I guess for you neurodivergent comes in?
1: Yes, it's actually been the most insane self-discovery and just kind of a discovery about something in the world that a lot of people don't know about. So I'm autistic. I was diagnosed February 2022 the end of February, I got an evaluation because I, people had been commenting that I was autistic and I was like, what? And <laughs> I thought that I was autistic like eight years ago. And like everyone around me was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And I was like, oh my God, sorry. And so then people started bringing it up again recently after I got sober and I was kind of coming back into myself and like clarity. And I was like, look, I'm real depressed. And everyone's like, I think she's having burnout because she's autistic. So I looked into it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, this is, this sounds right. This sounds right. And I still didn't understand it completely. So I got evaluated and she was like, yes, like we did several sessions for several days, several hours. She was like, yes, of course you're autistic, Demi. And I was like, okay, like I still don't really believe it, but okay. Yeah. And so that's the thing about being an adult, by the way, getting a late autistic diagnosis as an adult is traumatic. It is trauma because you didn't have the supports you needed as a kid and you sure as hell don't have them as an adult. So you're just like, oh my gosh, I know what's wrong. Like, I know what's going on. I don't know how to self-regulate. I don't know how to tell people what's going on with me. There's just all of these things. It's so difficult. But anyway, so I'm going through all of that and I'm like, how am I autistic? I need to understand. I need to know exactly what is autistic about me. Like what? And then I came across pathological demand avoidance. Okay. And that is huge. It's a profile of autism. And I know that we don't have a lot of time, but it's- No, but I
0: need you to explain it because I'm curious and I'm really interested. And I think my listeners, we all, it's just the more we know the better. So please get into it. Don't worry about the time.
1: Okay, thank you. That makes me uh, relieved because this is one of the most important things I think in our country right now to be looking for because pathological demand avoidance looks very similar to an antisocial personality disorder. Wow. So a sociopath, because (laughs) pathological demand avoidance, what it is, is my brain is wired to where it chooses autonomy as number one over anything else, over food, over water, over anything. It chooses autonomy. It chooses my, my right to myself. So that means that Every single game I have to win. Every single conversation I have to have the last word. That means like as a child, I look defiant because I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go. And it's like, oh, well, you have to go. Well, what, what are you talking about? But really, my nervous system has kicked in. And I'm in fight or flight mode and I'm like, I don't want to go because I have lost control over whether or not I choose to go. So in children, you know, those kids who are bad kids Yes. who you tell that kid, Hey, don't touch the electric fence. And the kid goes over to it and touches it. And it's like, I don't know why I did that. Yeah. It's his nervous system kicked in and he had to touch that to gain control over himself again to his self-govern, you know, self to be self-governed. Yeah. So, but with PDA, so that's demand avoidance, which a lot of neurodivergent people can experience. The pathological part is involuntary from the time you are born. It is a repetitive routine repetition thing that you do no matter what for the rest of your life. Like I, I avoid the demands of every day, just getting up. I will lay in bed for hours and it's like, Oh my God, why am I still laying here? I don't want to be laying here, but internalizing these demands and avoiding them. I mean, and then it comes out though, as explosive behavior, because if I'm having a conversation, you can see it happen on the bachelor. You can see whenever I'm talking to Kenny and Kenny's rejecting me, I'm losing my autonomy in that moment. So it's not so much that I'm so heartbroken that this man I barely know is dumping me. But he is like, I don't have control over the situation anymore. And yes. so like I literally just melt down. I, you can just see me melt down because of my loss of autonomy. So in America, <laughs> what is America's like number one thing? Nine to five, work, no excuses. Right. The world doesn't owe you shit. So whenever pathological demand avoidance, you tell us that and we literally, we can't do that. You can't. I can't. I can't. I can't, I have to go on The Bachelor and make a career out of it because I cannot have a nine to five.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: It's just, it's interesting because if you have the awareness of it, there's a way to work with it that is unconventional than any other type of autism and any other way that we've raised human beings. You raise the child as you shape around them and you accommodate with them. You don't ever tell the kid, because I said so. You don't ever tell the kid, this is the way it is and that's just Because. You take the PDA kids and you let them do what they want. And you say, yeah, I'll let you win the game because whenever you're not at home and you're out in the real world, you'll be able, your level of tolerance, your window of tolerance will be greater because you've been winning so much at home that your autonomy can take the loss today at school, whenever you're playing with your friends. It's not as, it's not going to fuck you up as bad as if you were losing at home too. And now you're just losing everywhere. You have no autonomy. It's just very interesting if we could look at kids as not bad and understand that this is their nervous systems
0: definitely and I and I love that you went into that because you specifically said you explode and people could listen and be like well I like to stay in bed and I don't want to go to work but it's different it's how you react and what's going on internally you're constantly out
1: of it it's how much it happens it's so intense Yes. And if you cannot want to get out of bed, everyone feels that way. Do you not want to get out of bed every single day? Like no matter what you do and you try, you have absolutely a plan to get out of bed and you're like, wait, how the hell am I still here? Like it affects your quality of life. And also the whole disorder, the whole PDA profile, every time I'm being mean or I'm yelling or crying or whatever, I'm having a panic attack. I'm not just ugly. I'm having a panic attack, and aggression is my way of trying to get my control back. All I need is my control. So if I'm freaking out and I'm at a hundred, and somebody in the room makes a stupid joke and is like, "Demi, did you just fart?" I would go to zero. I go right back to zero, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, guys, I was just totally tripping last night." Like that was yes. the I'm
0: sorry. and also the effect it's having on your body. You're putting your body in that stress mode all day long for years. There um, is trauma. trauma.
1: It is, it is in so many human beings in America, we are all traumatized. And that's why PDA, I can relate so much to people because I am so traumatized. So I can find every reason why every person's doing what they're doing. And I'm not mad at anyone. I have empathy for everyone. I'm like, oh, like, I know that you're upset with that person, but think about why they did that. They did that because this happened to them. And that's why we say
0: like hurt people, hurt people. And we have all these quotes, but it's all true.
1: Hurt people, hurt people like people do not understand how true that is and how serious that is. They, that's the key to the answer of healing humanity. Hurt yeah. people, hurt people. Just understand that we are all hurt. Everyone is.
0: Yeah. You know, like, for example, I I just got engaged and I have this self-sabotage, right? This constant fight or flight where I feel like it's not okay for me to enjoy being engaged and enjoy being happy because yes, happiness is a mindset and I'm happy. But when something celebratory actually happens, I'm like, oh, don't get too excited because something bad's going to happen. That's a trauma response from yeah. years of things not working out or whatever happened yeah. or what someone did to you. So in a nutshell, all your experiences lumped into why you are today. And then on top of that, add in having a neurodivergent
1: If everyone could look at the blueprint of their mind and see why their brain, what their brain chooses, what, how their brain works, you can look back at your life and understand why you made every decision. There's no more, I don't know why I did that. I hate myself for that. There's no more anger at yourself. It's like your consciousness is objectively looking at your body, your meat suit. And it's like, okay, my brain does this and that's how it functions. So if I can regulate and and help the people around me regulate, which it's hard because a lot of people are like, I don't have to I don't owe you that this treatment. Right. And it's like, well then, um, I don't owe you my presence because I mean, it's not good for me. It's just not good for me. Yeah, I'm not your, your time is
0: your time is valuable and you should only spend it with people that you know uplift you and make you feel awesome. Having said that, this is a lot for you to accept and understand this year at 27. So a lot of people are going through their entire lives not knowing that they're autistic. Because the reality is we don't probably have the technology and the tools. We
1: don't. We, there's such a lack of research in women and girls. and Especially stigma women. Stigma of autism has, it has like poisoned everyone. It's poisoned the professionals even. There's, yeah. I had two evaluations. My first evaluation did not go well. And then my second evaluation, she validated everything I said. And she was like, yes, there are professionals out there who are refusing to diagnose women because they don't believe women can be autistic. Yes, that is actually
0: a thing. Wow. And it's so funny you said that because the majority of the children who I've met who are autistic are male. And I never took that into consideration now until you mentioned this.
1: Having said it's that, it's hard to recognize it in girls because girls' special interests aren't trains and airplanes right. and cars. They're our friends. They're, mine was Hillary Duff, Liz shopping.
0: Like, you know, yeah, yes, exactly. Makeup, yeah, things it that typical. Exactly. So now, not only did you discover you were are autistic, you I read you're also queer. So yeah, can you explain that?
1: Autistic women and being queer. I don't. I don't know why it is. I think that for me, I think I have an, I think autistic people, we do, we see the world differently. We perceive it differently. I think that for me, I have an absence of judgment. So no matter what, I've never been, um, I've never like not been open-minded. So it's like, oh, I would consider trying anything. And like, I like everything. If I like it, I like it. And I don't think much of it. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, I like girls and I'm queer, but that's just like, I don't even think about it very much. It's just like, yeah, it's interesting though. It's such an interesting connection. There's so many interesting connections to autism and there's so many mysteries. So like that for one, the queerness and autism and also eating disorders and autism. It's wild. There's so many connections and now personality disorders and undiagnosed autism.
0: Right. And there's, there's a lot there now. When did you, I guess, realize you were queer or when did you even think about this? Because I've said this on the podcast, we are all trained to think a certain way. So the truth is you can be born and like anybody, but because you were born and told this is who you should like, many of us would never really know if we are queer or if we're not queer. Oh my gosh, I know. know? Like I go through life like, oh, I wonder if I was never told this teaching. God knows. Like who knows?
1: I was taught gay was not okay for me. I mean, there's some of my grandparents still to this day are disgusted with me and won't talk to me. And yeah, that I,
0: I believe I, you know, I come from a patriarchal culture, uh, so Ugh. I completely understand, but you know, <laughs> how did you know, when did you come I just,
1: out? I, I got to college and when I got to college, I was wild free because I had a very strict household. So I went to college and I was wild and free and I got to try any, all these new things. And I had always watched like lesbian porn and okay. so I like never told anyone or anything and I like secretly like liked girls that like never would have said anything about it in fear of massive rejection like yes. from my friends like everyone freaked out by me and then there was this girl in college and she I actually knew her from like sixth grade it was so random and I was like what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> she was like a pretty cute little girl like me and then we like just she had a boyfriend and everything and then we just ended up kissing and I was like yeah. oh my god I I had, like, more butterflies than I ever had from a guy. It was, like, the wow. most insane, like, and I don't know if it was because it was so forbidden in my mind at first, yes. but it was just, like, and I just loved it, and I felt like it was okay because it was another cute little girl like me, so we were, like, nobody was offended by it, right. which was, like, a fucked-up thing to say, but... um,
0: But it's the reality of the world we live in, you know, yeah. and I can say... You have this wonderful platform and a lot of people are going to listen to you because you're good looking and you're not what people think of when they think of, you know, neurodivergent or autism or queer. Like you're, you know, attractive and no one would judge you.
1: Exactly. And it makes people see it. It makes them see like, hey, I'm completely wrong about everything I ever thought about autism then. Because that's it doesn't look like anything at all. It is. It it is an internal thing. And I think that there's a lot, lot, lot of beautiful women out there that are undiagnosed autistic women. Think about the, like, dumb blondes. Uh, I know five dumb blonde women, beautiful blonde women in Los Angeles that are all autistic undiagnosed, and they, like, fall into that category. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to write a documentary about all of these undiagnosed autistic baddies that I see all around me. And people don't want to know, like, they're autistic. They don't really like that.
0: Well, it's- that's the thing, right? Like, that's what I was going to get into next. So you go on a date, let's say, and do you bring it up? And then maybe you get a hall pass for being autistic because you're hot.
1: I think right now, the biggest thing about that is people are mocking the autistic women's movement. So, like, they're making jokes out of like, oh, I'm on Tinder and I go to this profile and it's like, inner bio is autistic. Oh my God. Rolling Do you ass.
0: have it in your bio, in your dating bio?
1: I don't have a dating profile. I don't have a oh, dating good. profile. I have Good. Raya.
0: You're intelligent.
1: Yeah. Raya. And on Raya, you can just click on my Instagram and then it says in my Instagram, it says it okay. on every social platform I have because... And like, this is the most annoying little things that I do. A lot of people in my life are like, stop talking about it. Quit talking about being autistic. That's all you talk about, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. And it's all I'm going to talk about. That's all you're going
0: to talk about, honey. And as you
1: should. So some man comes to my house for a service. And I was like, That
0: that sounds really funny.
1: I know service. He was uh, cleaning my patio for me. It sounded really weird. I didn't know how to describe it. I was in a mood where I was like, I'm so anxious. I, I can't talk to anyone. I want to put my headphones in and I'm like doing my thing. So I told my assistant, Hey, just tell him not to talk to me, but let him know that I'm autistic. So he knows I'm not a bitch. And yeah. also make sure you tell him specifically, I am autistic because that man could know, Hey, that girl's autistic. And then next week, someone in his life can be like, Hey, my daughter's autistic. And he could be like, you know what? I actually just saw a beautiful young woman who was autistic as well. And boom, boom. Now we've got people accepting autism. Like tell everyone that I'm autistic. I it's doing so much good. Who cares if people are annoyed by me? It doesn't matter because me saying it is letting people it's awareness. It's Hey, autism is not what you think it is. And also it's, we need to be taking care of us autistic people out here. Like seriously, we are The women, we all have the same story, the same heartbreaking story of being misunderstood, being alone, and constant rejection. And then everyone invalidating us and telling us that's not our reality.
0: My only wish for you, because I also read that you're going through a lot of personal breakdowns, and I was like normalize personal breakdowns because we all have them. It's part They're of breakthroughs. Life. breakthroughs. Thank you. But my wish for you is that you stay strong, free and happy because I sense your energy and you have a lot of love. And I just want no one to take advantage of you because you said you don't see judgment. You know, you don't have that. And I just want you to be careful.
1: Thank you. It's been one of the hardest things in me for me to learn in life is that people don't mean aren't as genuine as I am because I say what I mean like I I don't have me
0: too
1: I I feel too I would
0: there's no ulterior motive
1: none none I'm naive and honest and I've always just been that way but I assumed that's what everyone else was doing because of course because if you weren't you had to be a terrible person to not be doing that right and then I realized Oh my God, everyone's lying. Everyone's being manipulative. But everyone's deceiving me. I'm the only one who's actually telling the truth and I need to really protect myself because yes. I've been taking advantage of my entire life. My mom- not with Me not even realizing it.
0: My mom has told me that my entire life and I don't know when I'll learn. I'm 37 now, but it's hard when you, you know, have nothing to hide. You're just speaking freely. Just so
1: that makes us so vulnerable. And
0: well, I just speak. now like, you know, really protect myself with who I'm around. That's all.
1: That's what I have, I'm like wanted. five friends. I need my advocates for me yes. and my, my people who I'm like, guys, what, what is really going on? And it's important to have people that actually care about you, not people who are your friends because no. they'll just be like, yeah, whatever. Sure. The people who are like, hold on, let me look into this and let me make sure of it. And that has been an eye opener is actually realizing that there are people who will be that for you and you have to find them in, resiliently. Yeah.
0: No, you were amazing. And I want you to,
1: Very uh, good. you've got amazing energy too. I can talk to you all day.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. I want you to leave my listeners and whoever's going to watch this, because I am going to post videos of this because you're so inspiring, even
1: to me. You're inspiring to me as well. I like, wish
0: honestly. we could talk for like a, three hours. I feel like we could talk mm-hmm. all day, but you could. <laughs> I want you to leave a message for people listening who might have mental illness, might have a disability, or are neurodivergent, and they're afraid to tell people in the dating world, or in life, or at a job. What is your advice?
1: My advice to anyone: if you're neurodivergent, if you're disabled, or you know, if you're just um, really everyone's traumatized, so just dealing with all this stuff, I would advise you to take time where you are. You're not dating other people because you can't involve other people in this because you're, you're not solely focused on yourself at that point. You have to be alone with yourself and you have to understand what's going on with you. And by that, that doesn't mean you just take and accept a diagnosis. You have to understand why that diagnosis is your diagnosis because you can, if you spend enough time doing it, listen to your intuition, everything that you, your body's telling you as simple as like, oh my gosh, I have a feeling that that person isn't telling me the truth. And that maybe there's an ulterior motive. Or That's whatever. your body That's-
0: telling you. It's
1: accurate. It's accurate, baby. And it's not magic. It is your brain has ex- stored experience and patterns that it is recognizing in your subconscious. Everything is a pattern. Yes. And so it's like, listen to your intuition. And if people tell you, no, you're not people reject whatever you have to say they've done it to me. They'll do it to everyone. Don't take it personally and keep going. Keep listening to yourself because, oh my gosh, ourselves are right. And it's amazing to see it.
0: Yes. And be vocal and don't be afraid to say you have a disability, Yes, you know, and you have autism, let's say, just say it and own it. And, you know, we're all trying to work on ourselves. So just own it and keep it moving.
1: And, And if you have, uh, cause I mean, for me, I know that I need a defense to protect myself. So if I tell someone I'm autistic, (laughs) no, you're not. That's a beautiful opportunity for you to go ahead and educate them. So have your education plan to where you can say it. A short little way of saying, uh, explaining autism to where you don't have to put in too much of your effort because you shouldn't have to do that. But also you're doing your part as spreading awareness and education about it.
0: Yeah, I wish you the best. I gonna follow up with you i want to check in on you and i want you back in like a year god willing and i want to see where you're at because i feel like your future is so
1: bright thank you and i it feels so low sometimes because it's just like damn nobody really gets what i'm doing yet like they don't understand it's just the beginning
0: you're in day zero honey you're a pioneer
1: Being in the autistic community is a misunderstood place to be, but it's a very exciting place to be moving forward. We had it. There was a lack of awareness. Nobody knew better, but we know better now. So now that's how I'm judging people's actions moving forward. It's like, how are you going to help, help us? Help this acceptance movement. Help this normalizing. If you're not helping it and you know the, you know the facts, you know. Get out of the way. Exactly. Exactly. I'm oh. going to reject you. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: Goodbye. I love it. Thank you so much, Demi. Thank you so
1: much. And yes, let's definitely check back in. That will be for so
0: fun. For sure. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.